Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where in this wonderful world you might be. Thank you once again for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. Who knew this would become a polarizing discussion? We have the right man in the house to talk about it all. Let's roll. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, everyone. And this image is courtesy of Arsenal.com. You can find it on the website. Welcome to the show and welcome once again, uh, my good friend, writer and founder of the Guna Talk Team. Not the founder. I always that, <laughs> I? You say that every time. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Just you know, the host a, is fine. I'm yeah, a girl that makes the host. same mistakes, it seems. <laughs> uh, host of the Guna Talk TV. You all know him. If you've been living under a rock, then, uh, well, I don't know what to say. Tom Canton, welcome back to Squad Central. How are you? Not bad. Seems like Football London's taken over your channel at the moment. You had Kyle on yesterday. (laughs) Indeed. What can I say? It's quality, isn't it? It's absolute quality. So um, good evening, squaddies at ease. I always lose my um, manners when Super Kev isn't here. Wow, I look like a ghost today. The lighting is so weird. It's it's like a stormy day in California, Tom, and yeah. that very 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 rarely happens. You should get a ring light because like I do. This, I, ha- I like, have that. I have that pointing actually on my like, sign. But when I do yeah. the ring light, it reflects on the glasses. So I'm trying yeah. to figure that part out. But so does the screen today. So anyway, enough of my problems. Let's talk about so-called problems. Are they being manufactured by the Arsenal universe? Before we get to that, thank you once again to our partners at Zenith Coins uh, for our partnership this season. Please go to zenithcoins.com. Use HS20 as your code for 20% off. It is the gifting season. The coin is the perfect gift for your friends. Stay tuned. Uh, towards the end of the show, I have an announcement to make as well. So I woke up this morning and I had a WhatsApp from Tom. And it was a link to his latest article for Football London about this fella uh, who seems to have created quite uh, a conversation within the Arsenal community. So I thought, Tom, are you available tonight? And jumped on right away so we could talk about the article, said article, where I feel, and his title says, he destroys the myth about Gabrielle. Uh, firstly, Tom, I also have a question for you from Super Kev towards the end of the show. Don't let me forget about that. What drove you to do this piece? It's a, it's an opinion piece, but it also has data that backs up what you're saying. Yeah. But what was the compelling factor? What were you hearing and seeing that was like, okay, I've had enough of this? Yeah, obviously, we both run our own shows. And so obviously, we kind of blessed in, in a sense to have kind of a bit of a sample size of the fan base in which we call our chat box or your squaddies. Um, and yeah, when doing the shows, I started to notice that Gabrielle in particular is getting quite a little bit of stick. Um, and, you know, what I think is a little bit exaggerated criticism. And so I didn't want to just take the TGT chat box or the Arsenal way chat box as gospel. And so going on to Twitter and just going and searching up Gabriel Magalash's name. And honestly, I was surprised how much backlash the guy's getting at the moment. Um, and this isn't just off the back of, obviously, the Liverpool game or the Spurs game or the Man United game and the Fulham game. You know, this this is kind of dating back actually into last season a bit as well, um, him getting greater criticism. And so I kind of wanted to just kind of actually deep dive into it. I, never, I didn't go into writing an article that was going to mm-hmm. go, I'm going to defend Gabriel. And that's my position, which is pointless doing that because, you know, what if you write it and then all the evidence suggests that you're wrong? So first of all, after seeing the feedback online, just going back into the statistics and trying to see how he actually compares with a lot of players. I had a good conversation with Clive actually in one of my Honeymoon Series podcasts that, that talked about Gabriel. And I went back and listened to that because I remember Clive talking about Gabriel in detail uh, and why because I actually had the perception in that podcast that I'd win that conversation out with Clive, in which I was saying to him, I was like, I feel as though Gabriel's kind of the most replaceable of our back four right now. You know, I feel like he's a little bit of an odd one out because Saliba's so great, Ben White's been so great. Our left-back position's been so positive and, you know, inclusive and collaborative with the rest of the team that Gabriel kind of sticks for me as a bit of a standout in most positive and negative ways. Um, I can see a comment already in the chat box from Patrick Booth, says he's our weakest link right now at this moment. Um 
And these types of comments and these types of perceptions is what drew me to, to actually dig a little bit deeper. Is this the case or are we actually kind of just in our Arsenal ways trying to find the next scapegoat? Because you know mm-hmm. just as well as I do, so that the Arsenal fan base has a habit of scapegoating individual players and, you know, kind of gravitating criticism potentially more towards one player when actually criticism could be more equally spread and then actually not giving those types of players potentially the praise that they're deserving of. So, yeah, I hope that sums up why I went for the piece. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's awesome. It, it kind of feels like an archangel um, just made a, a comment because a lot he's like strange topic top of the league but some people aren't happy unless they're miserable i suppose it's kind of, <laughs> you know like people when they're in a really good relationship and they just do things to destroy it without rash you know without reason but maybe yeah. you know they have had some flags that say okay you know um where is this going i want to i want to read out some of the comments uh, to you so so then we can get stuck into kind of the basis mm. of what you're saying amira says gabriel went from he should have been our captain to we need to replace him in about three months just look at how many different cb and lb partners he's had in three years um palmsy who seems very anti-gabriel so individual errors aren't classed as individual errors anymore got it V-Dub says, a great back pair needs a combo of fire and ice. On yesterday's show, and I said to you this morning, I named it Beauty and the Beast. We need a fire player, one that does the dirty work and takes the risk. Gabrielle is world class. And all this nonsense is a ticket to trouble. Patrick B says, is Tom going to come on here and tell me I'm not seeing what I'm seeing? Mm, Yeah, I am. (laughs) It seems even critiquing our arguably least performant player is ridiculous. On another channel, concerns about Gabrielle were said to be toxic and scapegoating. Moners saying Odie ain't good, Big Gabby ain't good. People love to dwell on misery. And Akil says, as Kevin says, we need an aggressor defender and that is Gabrielle. We cannot possibly have two Rolsey-style defenders. It doesn't work. And to round it off on these ones for you, Tom, he's very good, but seems to have moments of rashness in quite a few big games and a couple of other oops in other Fulham. And Fulham leaves his feet too often. Man United first goal, penalty versus Spurs. So you mentioned last season, and we could take it back to last season, um, the game against Tottenham and, you know, uh, what happened subsequently after that? I think that was for some fans kind of like the beginning of I, 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 do we have a problem here? The comments, Tom, and the timeline, and kind of um, well, let's let's tackle some of those comments first. Mm-hmm. It seems. Listen, I actually said on a show a few weeks ago I wouldn't mind seeing if he's going to, uh, you know continue to have these little problems. Arteta has the luxury of maybe playing Ben White and Saliba and Tommy at right back. You know, that's the beauty of the squad that we're building and Arteta has built. And then kind of when I stopped, read your article, spoke to Kevin last week, and then was looking at it with a deeper dive. I think you're onto something here in the scapegoating, you know, department for sure. Some fans have started on this train from last season. You've read some of the comments. Talk to talk mm. me through that a little bit first. Yeah, I mean, first of all, one of the comments was like, uh, is Tom going to come on in here and, and tell me I'm not seeing what I'm seeing? In short, and with respect, yes. Now, what I mean by that is that what we see individually often is, you know, we're looking through a lens, we're looking through what we're looking at, and we've only got one set of eyes. And prior to doing my further kind of deep dive, you know, into what he was, I was of a little bit of the mindset of, you know, yeah, as I said before, he is a bit of an odd one out for me. He does, he is probably the most replaceable. If we are going to upgrade someone in that back four, it probably would be in my mind, Gabrielle. And that was before I did the, the dive because I was only going off what I had taken in, absorbed, seen. So the first thing to talk about with Gabrielle is his position in the back four and the structure of Arsenal's back four. Because if you look at what he's next to, first of all, he's next to William Saliba, who is brilliant, you know, just gloriously composed, elegant, confident, the the best centre-back that we've probably had since, and I'm going to go far back and say, you know, the likes of Sol Campbell, etc. And, 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 and he's still exceptionally young, but he is that good and he is that composed and mature already. 
Um, and he is better than Gabriel. Um, you know, if you were telling me I could keep one of the two, who am I keeping? I'm keeping Saliba. You know, it's a simple answer. But for Gabriel, that's a bit of a problem because then you're already you're on the back foot in terms of kind of a comparison with another player. You're already kind of in this position where there's all this hype, all this appreciation, all this passion, this cult following for one player that just psychologically you're looking at another player in comparison. You're not as good. So you're starting off on kind of this second pedal, if you like which is already putting him in that in that kind of negative area. The other thing that works against Gabriel from a perspective point of view is his actual position in the back four, because you've got Saliba and White on the right-hand side who are, as a pair, fantastic and doing really well, the two of them. We always debated whether or not it'd be one or the other would be playing this season, but actually they've both played together and done brilliantly. And, you know, White offers Saliba an element of protection that Gabriel isn't afforded on his left-hand side because the fullback that he plays with from a tactical perspective pushes far, far further up the pitch than White does, gets far more involved with the build-up and the offensive side of things than White does. And yes, White is starting to go forward a lot more than he was at the start of the season, and I'm assuming, assuming that will continue. But then, therefore, Gabriel is therefore covering a larger space on the left-hand side, and so has to defend a larger space, is often given the task of dealing with counter-attacks in a much more difficult sense to what Saliba has to deal with. He's not as fast as Saliba, but has to maintain the high line alongside Saliba. And so, therefore, is sometimes I feel exposed and unfortunately put into situations that Saliba necessarily isn't put into, and he doesn't have the same backup and reinforcement that Saliba has in the form of White. So all of that kind of context, I think, means that you get to a situation where Gabriel is going to see some of the weaker areas of his game, which there are. This isn't me talking and saying Gabriel's perfect. He's not. But it's certainly a situation whereby you're going to see a player like Gabriel exposed a bit more for the weaknesses he has in his game because he is mm. rash he is aggressive um but these are good traits to have you know we want a center back that's aggressive we want someone that's going to get stuck in we want someone that's going to be ridiculously strong in defending their box and then alongside them you want the balance which is Saliba which is someone who's more uh progressive and someone that's better with the ball at his feet you know so you've got that kind of yin and yang of two center backs if you had two Salibas whilst that sounds amazing on paper I think it might work actually against one another and then you'd start to see other weaknesses build in because you've got two players that are too similar to one another. The dynamic of Saliba and Gabriel is great. I think maybe that's something that we're skipping over. I know it was a really long answer. but <laughs> No, no, I love it. Yeah. No, just uh, the, 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 the less I talk on this one, the better because, you know, um, I love your perspective on this. And someone posted something, I've gone past it now, but I thought it was really interesting. You know, Saliba scores an own goal. And the crowd cheer for him and they back him. Mm -hmm. Gabriel makes a few mistakes. And, you know, there are a lot of people. Super Kev is 100% committed uh, to the fact that in the Tottenham game with the penalty with Richarlison, that it was Xhaka not clearing his lines or a couple of plays. I think it started with, was it Saka who lost possession and it went back? Um, into an attacking uh, opportunity for Tottenham. You can correct me, Tom, if it was Saka that lost the ball uh, when we were uh, in in the final third of, of, of Tottenham. And he stands by the fact that then, you know, Gabby has to make a choice. You yeah. know, as a defender, he has to make a challenge. And he did, and it, it just, it didn't work out. Um, why do you think that Saliba got all the support when he scored an own goal, which is as, as bad as an offence, a worse mm -hmm. offence, actually, um, than the penalty, because the penalty, the, the goalkeeper still has an opportunity. It's a 50-50 chance. Sure. Why do you think that's the case? Because um, Saliba's younger. Um, Saliba is a player that we've been desperate to see for three years. He's a player whose future isn't secured. Um, and there's a bit of a fear that he could leave, rightly, because he could. And so there is this kind of, um, this season in particular, and especially in the home games, kind of this need, and it is a need, and the fans are right to do it, um, to make him feel like Arsenal is his home, to feel like Arsenal is his future. And so there is an extra incentive for supporters to really get behind, back, support Saliba. That that doesn't exist for Gabriel, because um, we know Gabriel is very happy here. He's acclimatised very well to things. He's a very vocal player. He loves a tweet here and there. You know, I like him as a mm -hmm. character. I think he's great. Um, but I think, obviously, with this Saliba side of things, there's that desire to really want to see him stay. And so the more we praise, the more we back him, the more we vocally support him, you know, that's hopefully going to help with things. And because 
there's something called the new toy syndrome I talk about a lot with Arsenal supporters. Mm-hmm. There is always kind of this bias towards newer players. Um, you know, think about how think about Lukonga as an example. You know, when Lukonga was being linked to Arsenal, the the kind of the you not only use euphoria, but I'm trying to think of the right word. But there was so much talk and hype around Lukonga before we signed him. Right, because of Thierry and Vincent Company, and he was mm-hmm. captain of Anderlecht, and the buzz was real. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Fast forward a year on, that's that's gone. You know, all of that hype is gone. And the irony about that is that Saliba up until, uh, sorry, Lukonga up until the point that he was dropped against Man United last season when he was starting games because Xhaka was injured and Partey was missing for the first part of the first few games. Lukonga was our best central midfielder. Then, of course, he, he went out of the team in the second half of the season, lost that consistency, and he's really struggled to kind of get back that form that he first got. But that's but but there is kind of this same level of um, not apologeticness, if that's even a word. Not in kind of this patience, I suppose the right word. He hasn't been given that patience really that that maybe others have because the central midfield in particular is such an area that we want to see strengthened. We want to see someone come in to compete with Partey, and we think that Lukonga is not ready yet because you know factually he's probably not ready to replace Partey because he probably never will be because that's not his best position. He's probably better playing as a left eight where Xhaka mm. is right now. So very quickly we lose that. Uh, players lose that sheen of of newness. Um, I don't think that will necessarily happen the same with Saliba because he is just so. Um, He's kind of got that, not match winner because he's a centre-back, but the equivalent for a centre-back, if you know what I mean. I guess he is a bit of a match winner, you know, the way that he plays because he stops the opposition from winning games. But he's got that gloss about him that I don't think will be lost with the way that he plays. He's very kind of easy on the eye. Um, but Gabriel has kind of become part of the fabric of the club. But let's let's be real. When we signed him, he's the best centre-back that we've had for the best part of, what, 15 years? You know, mm-hmm. I I like him more than Koscielny. I rate him more than Koscielny. I rate him more than Vermaelen. I rate him more than Mustafi, than Sokratis. I rate him more than Senderos. I rate him more than... Who, I'm trying to think of other centre-backs we had in the late noughties now going back. You know, it's, it's tough because they're so forgettable. Socrates, you know, Squilacci. So, um, Socrates. Um, yeah. Well, I exactly. Juru. Tom, yeah. You know, uh, what, what I find interesting is... Um, and look, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm innocent. I did criticize him for, you know, in the end, he got away with this. But at the same time, the rule mm. is the rule came off his chest, hit his hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, this wasn't great. And at the time, I was like, you can't make a challenge. You have to be smarter than that to make a, a challenge in the box. And, you know, if we just rewind a little bit, mm. last season, um, Arsenal fans, you know, you guys were saying that he was saving Benjamin White. And this season, everyone's raving that Benjamin White is like a revelation Mm. at right back. So that kind of underlines your thought process about the scapegoat factor. Last season, it was Ben White in in many regards, Tom. Mm -hmm. And Gabriel was like the one, the beast, like he needs to have Saliba beside him. And we were having a conversation about Martin Keown. You know, we talked about Vidic and Ferdinand. That was my beauty in the beast. You know, Ferdinand, the silky smooth guy on the ball, brings the ball out, lovely distribution. Vidic, more of the bruiser. And the other thing that I think that as Arsenal fans, we need to kind of like just um, revisit is we've always said we, we're we weak source. We're too soft. We lack this strength and this shithousery. Mm. And, that uh, you know, we let play we let other players teams bully us and along came Gabrielle who I thought was just a breath of fresh air and you know when you look at as recently as David Luiz you know and Mustafi as a pairing and then you moved and you shift gears to Gabrielle and then Benjamin White comes on board and it just seems to me like we get to a point where we're good and here we are again having that similar conversation mm-hmm. where last season one was a disaster, the other was saving, and this season Gabrielle's the one. And I think that's kind of what you've been saying and what you allude to in your article, which then leads you onto some stats and facts about how he's performing against mm. other um, centre-backs in the league. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'll happily read read some of them through. I, I mean, one of the... I would, love, I would love it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, you go for it now. 
Yeah. Well, I, just real quick, the Benjamin mm. White comparison, I think, is valid. Do you agree? Like last year, Gab- Gabby was the one that saved Benjamin White, made him look good. I think, the, I think that Ben White was... I really liked Ben White last season. This is the first thing to say. You know, the, again, we're kind of getting close to falling into the Gabrielle chap, a trap from this season a bit with Ben White. Um, in the mm-hmm. sense, I think Gabrielle was... Uh, I think that White was, was good, but Gabrielle, I think, was better um in, in a lot of areas uh, still ben white came through and and statistically compared to gabrielle was beating him in a lot of in a lot of areas as well but ironically not passing gabrielle last season was passing better than ben white which i found surprising when looking at some of the statistics because ben Very white is lauded as a as a good ball playing center back confident coming out of the ball at his feet but actually gabrielle's passing was was more astute uh, more assured than what ben white's was perhaps ben white coming into a new team was trying to show himself which is fair you know you want to kind of make an impression that sometimes leads to making mistakes but yeah gabrielle was great and the discussion at the start of the season was well gabrielle's in you know, Gabrielle's not going anywhere out of this back line. If if anyone's going to lose their place in the back four, it's it's going to be ben, it's going to be Ben White for Saliba. Mm. Uh, that, you know, I think that we've found obviously a brilliant balance and dynamic with the back four that we've got with White and Saliba and Gabrielle and then whoever plays at left back in the way that we've used that this season. But yeah, you know, I think it's a fair point around Gabrielle and White, and it does kind of lead towards this argument that there always has to be someone that we're not impressed by as much as as anyone else or we have to find criticism for we're not willing to give them the right amount of praise and last season i think that was white and i think this season that is now gabrielle strange right before you get onto some numbers too i also mm. want to you know again with uh, and listen when we're, we're not comparing we're not comparing teammates we're addressing no, a situation that is yeah. brewing you know as a narrative within a certain percentage of the fan base that you know, Gabriel isn't good enough for Arsenal or he makes too many mistakes. And I would say that despite the mistake that he made, and correct me if I'm wrong, he made a mistake against Fulham and Mitrovic pounced on that. And you could see what I love about him is previous players, they didn't seem to wear their heart on their sleeve. They certainly had a sense of apathy. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't have the strength and depth to overcome Mm -hmm. adversity. And in that game, who was it who came back? and scored a goal. And I don't think that, uh, Tom, that he got enough credit for that or that some fans can recognise that he has the mental strength to be able to do that. His mentality is great, mate. Like it's 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 what we've wanted. We don't want players that are going to rest on their laurels. We want the players that are going to sulk and trudge through things, you know. And that's why I like his mentality and his tweeting. You know, his tweets have been great. You know, because he comes out after defeats when we were playing really poorly and saying how Arsenal fans don't deserve this and stuff. I think that's why a lot of people started talking about him as a potential captain. I'd never really talked about him in those terms personally, but you know, it's great to see other people discussing him in that sense. Not only that, you look at the Liverpool game. Who was the person that, that was had the peace of mind when we played the ball in from Martinelli to Saka to get up the field, <laughs> to press, to get into the counter-attack, and then dummy, you know, through to Saka? You know, if if that was a, a player in the past that we've that's had those mental fragilities that was still kind of sulking from their mistake, uh, would mm. they really would they be going and doing that? I'm not sure that they would, you know, and yeah. I think maybe we quickly forget about the resilience that Gabriel has because he was up there and involved with those goals. Um, I've talked about that yesterday, and uh, yeah. he said exactly the same. Who he asked Lee and Dan as well. He's like, "Who was?" And they were like, "Jacka." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. Gabriel, yeah. mate, Gabriel." And and that is the bravery that I think he has. That is the tenacity, and also, of course, the manager is encouraging him to do that or is he a spontaneous player that is is Arteta telling him to do that Tom is that a coachable is that a coaching thing or is that an instinctive thing do you think I'd be surprised if Arteta was telling him to to do what he did (laughs) in the Liverpool game you know I'd be surprised um he's certainly being encouraged to be in the box for set pieces you know because he's very dangerous he was the highest scoring Premier League centre-back in the league last season um so he is being encouraged to to be up in the box for those moments, but 
yeah i don't think necessarily for the for the dummy situation he's being encouraged to do that i think that they just kind of i think that was instinct i think he recognized that we had a an opportunity to kind of have more players over than liverpool had and create an overload and his instinct worked because we scored had we not scored maybe we would have been in a bit a bit of trouble without him at the back but <laughs> it's worked in our favor you know and he is rash like it works both ways that's an example of him being rash and it works out but there are other times where he's rash and it doesn't you know, he's not perfect and most players aren't. So traits that are in one sense a little bit rash and can lead to, to mistakes in other ways can really benefit us, but they're not as obvious, uh, unfortunately, for a defender. And, and that's maybe where they become a little bit more exposed. Do you think we have, um, is it PTSD, you know, mm. where do you think people fear that he'll turn in, that they feel like, uh-oh, is he going to become a David mm. Luiz? Is he going to become a Mustafi? Do you think as Arsenal fans, we we suffer from that a lot? Yeah, yeah. I think the Arsenal fan base and myself included, you know, we really struggle with a lot of kind of things that have happened in our past that, you know, that's why you see so many fans that aren't expecting us to, to even, you know, still qualify for the top four, you know, and still sitting there going, you know, we've not achieved anything yet. We haven't done anything yet. And they're right because we haven't, you know, but there's not, there, there are still those out there that can't quite yet jump on the bandwagon of positivity and momentum because they are worried about what's happened. They've seen what's happened in the past. The January transfer window. I, I, you know, if we were chatting with Potsy right now, I think he'd be right to say he's nervous about us not buying anyone when we need to because what happened last January window, we didn't buy anyone. Even in this modern era, in this current era, we are still making errors that are giving us that that doubt that we are going to make the right calls in the next window in January. And we know what we need uh, is to go out and buy a midfielder and potentially a wide forwards. Are we going to do that? We don't know because we're not, we're not given that encouragement yet that we will do that. And so mm -hmm. it kind of bleeds into the Gabriel argument of, yeah, you know, we've had all these mistakes in defenders like David Luiz and Mustafi that when Gabriel dives in and gives away a penalty against um, Spurs, that that's going to become the norm. That's going to happen every game. He's made mistakes. You know, I think I can I can I can credit him directly with three errors. I th I'd struggle with the fourth. A lot of people bring up the Man United one, but I think there's a lot of things that go oh, wrong yeah. in that goal um, that I wouldn't solely put it on him. Um, so yeah, well there was Zinchenko, there was Sambi, there was Lekonga, yeah. you know Lacong, you know there was uh, the high line, and there are all sorts of things going on in there. Let me read you a couple, a few more comments before. <clears throat> we get to um, the, the data because I find that the most interesting and that's kind of like why I, I was on the phone uh, with you. Uh, Johan says, the thing is, Gabriel is Arsenal's only left-footed centre-back. Mm. That's pretty significant, isn't it? Especially the way Arteta wants to play, Tom. Yeah, and I think this is where the argument of if you want to, if your mindset is that you think that he's not good enough and we need to replace him, good luck. You know, good luck finding mm. a left-footed centre-back better than him um, for a good price that's available that will come to Arsenal because there aren't many, if any. And I, I wouldn't want to be the person whose job it is to find that guy, you know, because it's going to be a struggle. So, and we are looking for left-footed centre-backs and we are being linked with left-footed centre-backs. There's Piero Hincapier by Leverkusen. We've been linked in the last couple of days with uh, Robert Renan at Corinthians, who's a 19-year-old Brazilian left-footed centre-back. Mm -hmm. Um so we are looking clearly because Pablo Marie's going to go. He scored at the weekend, helping Monza up to twelfth in the table. So <laughs> he's looking like he's going to go, which is good because he, you know, he's not good enough for us. Right, um, right, right. So yeah. Okay, uh, Richard reinforces um, that he deserves the same support. Vishal reinforces the Jacker um, situation with the penalty. Uh, Paul Smith is a Liverpool fan and says that Arsenal fans have every right to criticise the same way we do Trent. Um, you know, I mean, Trent has won Champions League, Premier League, Super Cup, Club World Cup, you know, uh, but now he can't defend. So, you know, Universal Greek goes back a little time uh, in time. Uh, one of our Generation X uh, listeners here, we love uh, UG. He remembers Adams O'Leary. One was the bulldozer, the other the Rolls Royce. They complemented mm -hmm. each other the same as Gabriel and, uh, and Saliba. Uh, and then he goes on to say, Gabriel also created an overload in the Liverpool defence, just underlying what you said. Uh, Stephen the, thinks, sorry, go on, mate. I was just going to say, that this, I don't want people to get this twisted. This is not a conversation where we're sitting here and saying, you can't criticise Gabriel. Correct. That's not what we're doing. The point of this conversation is to highlight how Gabriel is receiving 
contextually more criticism than what is, I think, at least fair in the context of what he's done in a positive way. And the positive things that he's doing aren't receiving the same amount of praise as the you know the things that he's being criticised for in comparison. Well, to some get, of his get into the get into the the stats because I think this will help people realise exactly uh, the balance of the piece and what you're saying uh, because it is really yeah. interesting when you look at it, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just easier for me to read it straight off. Yeah, the page. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. um, yeah. So I mean, so the, the irony in kind of Gabriel's pass completion because that's something that's really labelled him is his passing is not good enough. Is that he had a, he's got a ninety point five percent pass rate, uh, pass completion rate this season um compared to William Saliba's 92.6 so just 2.1% lower that's higher than Romero's at 88.9 higher than Van Dyke's at 88.2 higher than Koulibaly's at 86.7 and before the argument of well he's only passing sideways or whatever he's hardly playing it safe because he's got a higher progressive distance per 90 and is passing at 339.8 yards per 90 than Romero at 304.4 yards. And he's only ever so slightly behind Saliba, uh, about 10, uh, 15 or so yards behind Saliba per 90 for progressive passing. So he's not keeping it safe in terms of his passing. And then, you know, defensively, um, he's got more clearances per 90 than Van... I won't go the specific numbers, but he's got more uh, clearances per 90 than Van Dyke, more than Ruben Diaz, more, more than Koulibaly, and more than Saliba. He's got more block shots per 90 than Romero, Diaz, Koulibaly, and Saliba. He's got a better successful percentage um, pressure per 90 than Koulibaly, Saliba, Diaz, and Romero. And he's got more tackles one per 90 than Diaz and Van Dyke. So... You know, these are really, really good comparison numbers to show you kind of what he's doing. And this is the point. It's not to say that you can't be critical of when he makes mistakes, but we're not talking about the things that he's doing good enough to balance the conversation. That's that's the key thing for me. So the question is, from Kenny and many, have Arsenal fans fan found another scapegoat? And that is in the it's in your opening, I think, or the second paragraph mm. of your article headline, where, you, yeah. where you talk about where you talk about that. Yeah, this this bugs me. Um because I think I said this earlier on, but like, you know, there's this this kind of thing about Arsenal fans, and I, you know, and when I still always say Arsenal fans, it's because I feel like I'm coming from a position like yourself, that we run mm -hmm. shows, that we're in the the Arsenal public space of of what we see online, of what we experience when we do our shows. That the, the the perspective I have is that we all that the Arsenal fan base loves a scapegoat, loves someone to kind of channel and concentrate more criticism to than than others. Uh, I think Granite Xhaka, you know, is is a perfect example of one. I think that for some, Martin Odegaard can sometimes be that, especially he was at the start of his time. I thought I was really worried at the start of Martin Odegaard's career at Arsenal because the constant comparisons with Meza Ozil was, were kind of preventing us from seeing what Odegaard was individually. Thankfully, mm -hmm. he's starting to escape that. And I don't think he's facing that same this season, but certainly last season when he came in on loan, he suffered with that. Um, and yeah, I think that, that Gabriel is in a little bit of a risk of becoming the new scapegoat uh unfortunately um and, and that's kind of why i wanted want to talk about it because i think unless people hear stuff that kind of goes against that grain and highlights the positives that they're doing you're not going to be able to see it because all you're going to see is that positive feedback loop of people constantly saying and validating your your things saying, yeah he's got these errors he keeps making his errors but we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to say but hold on yes he makes those errors but look at this and look at this and look what he's doing here and look at the situation that he's in. Look at the context where he's in at the back four. And maybe that's why those mistakes or those errors are creeping into his game as they would for a lot of other players if they were playing in the same position. And he's out-competing a lot of those same players at the top level as well. So one of the things that a lot of fans keep telling me and have been telling me, um, you know, when I had been critical of Arteta, you got to trust the process and trust the manager. He Who knows what that? he's doing. <laughs> you know, um, he sees them in training every day. The gaffer has been ruthless. We've seen him make halftime subs. We've seen him yank plays off in a Europa League game last week. And brought on our most important players uh, because, you know, people weren't working hard enough. They weren't hustling. We were losing possession. And he just doesn't care. He's in the moment. He's in the game. I want to win this game. He's a one game at a time coach. And I think he's the type of coach that manager who 
trusts players to play out of funks, whether it's in a game or over a period. Clearly, he trusts Gabriel. And right now, we're, um, we're, we've lost one game in the league. We've overcome the adversity, as I've said. They seem to have a good relationship and he trusts him, Tom. Yeah, uh, he does trust him. And I think that he puts a lot of faith in him, hence why he didn't sign another centre-back this summer of mm. a left-footed nature. Um, I think he also likes Tommy Asu, obviously, a lot. And he's putting a lot of faith in Tommy Asu being a bit of a Diogo Jota for the back four, if you like, someone who can cover you know, all of those positions. Um, and... The thing that bugs me, I think, about the Tommy Asu side of things is because he had a great game against Liverpool and he deserves so much credit for that, is that now, and this is where the recency bias and the new toy syndrome comes into it a little bit again because he's been out of the team, he's come into the team now, is I've seen these this line of Tommy Asu should replace Gabriel in the team. You know, Gabriel should be playing left centre-back next to Saliba. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, we're top of the league. Like, you know, we're top of the table. Don't right. change the machine. You know, don't swap things out. Don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, and I think that Tommy Asu was so good at left-back. And it's not, it wasn't a new thing that Arteta was doing because he did it against Leeds and Rafinha. He did it against Spurs and Kulisevsky. You know, he's put Tommy Asu there. He's not used Tommy Asu at left centre back yet. You know that that for me is a is a risk we don't need to take. Like we right. don't need to try. I want to see it. I'm intrigued, and you can maybe try it in the Europa League because he's we, played that. He plays there for Japan, for right? Japan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, doing it for Arsenal is different. You know, you're in a different team, different league, different opposition, and all that. So it is still going to be a risk if you suddenly throw him into a position he's not yet played, especially in a team that's top of the league, especially in a team that doesn't need to be tweaked. Uh, on a ma in, a, in a major position, which I look at Gabriel's position as a major position. The left-back position is more fluid because we've got three players that can play there of real strong quality. We don't have that guarantee in Gabriel's position. So why on earth would I drop him? Why on earth would I undermine his mentality, undermine his momentum mm -hmm. that he's built up? And why would I compound any doubts that he might have in his own game by dropping him? I don't want to do that. You know, I want to keep his momentum going. I want to keep his confidence higher. And that's something that I think that maybe we're too quick, some of us sometimes, to just want to nope, swap them out, change them out. Yeah. Didn't have a good game, change them. You know, I think that's dangerous. It, it's uh, it's really, and please do, 300 of you in live chat right now. I know a lot of you watching football and those listening on replay, thank you so much for joining us and those on our audio platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and Acast. Thank you for tuning in as well. Tom Canton's article is in Football London today. The link is in the description. It is also in the chat a few times and we will add it towards the end of the show again uh you got to check it out and those stats back up exactly what tom is saying and last season i remember you mm. know when people were like oh gabriel isn't playing we're screwed right yeah, and yeah. one of the things we've also said is how much we want our good players to be surrounded by better players like look at look at how good Saka and Martinelli are this season with Jesus in the team. I mean, look how good the team is oh. with Jesus, right? Look at Xhaka in his role, the box-to-box -box role, Thomas Partey allowing him to do what he does, Xhaka allowing other players to do what he does. But he's, you know, we've got Zinchenko who came in, was able to help Xhaka, help Martinelli. You know, you bring in better players, other players look even better. And then when you have Gabriel and Saliba next to each other, like you said, Saliba is like a, a Rolls Royce. And by the way, it's very early in the season yet, you guys. We don't know how this is all going to pan out. Mm. But the point has always been that we want to bring in better players, Tom. And they, they make other players look better. And sometimes they're just better, you know. And that's part of, part of being, being in a team. And those things, you know, really happen. So... Uh, let me get some let me get this question to you and some comments um you know that the, the usual stuff mikey says we always want to blame people um anik says that he's a warrior uh steven says saliba has been excellent this season but to mention him getting out of position for liverpool second double standards i think that's really important um like you said though he's getting away with it because he is the shiny new toy uh there where's this question here amira other teams um, have more physical sense. Who have so physical centre backs are passionate or imposing, but Gabriel is rash or error prone. How much, if any, does the Arsenal soft young narrative play a part in this, Tom? It's a really good question um, because the idea of Gabriel being young is uh, 
contextually to the other players in his in the team isn't necessarily aligned you know he's actually become one of the older ones even though he's 24 which is crazy mm-hmm. um he obviously joined a back line where he started off the back line if you like you know he was the first new addition to what we would consider if you put Zinchenko over Tierney our starting back four and goalkeeper and you had Tierney then Gabriel came in and then you have Saliba now we have White and we have um, Zinchenko and we have Ramsdale so Gabriel's kind of always been a little bit of the fulcrum of that back five even when Zinchenko's come in Tierney's lost his place Gabriel's still there Uh, even after Saliba's come in and we've signed Ben White for 50 million Gabriel's still there you know he's maintained that spot so he is the most experienced part of our best back four and goalkeeper right now and I think that the idea that because, you know, we have a young team that we can start undermining certain parts of play or making up excuses, either way of the spe- either end of the spectrum with those two points, doesn't nece- it's not necessarily fair. It- it's not mm-hmm. fair on Gabriel. It's not fair on the team because where- you just need to look where they are in the league. You just need to look where they've where they've come look where they've progressed look at the teams they're beating i think liverpool's average age was something like 27 years plus and ours was what 23 three uh, potentially yeah so it's age is just a number it really really is um erdogan's been playing for eight years at senior level you know most players play at senior level from the age of 18 these these years so you know it's you know, Gabriel's got six years under his belt of senior football. You know, Saka's been playing since he was 17. You know, whilst we look at them as young, they are actually more experienced than people give them credit for, I think. Yeah. What do you think about this? Do you think Arteta put Tommy Yasu to help Gabriel? I, I think he played Tommy to nullify Salah, which, yep. you know, he did and he got benched. Do you agree with that, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in like indirectly, it helps Gabriel. There's no denying right. that. Um, I don't think the primary reason why Tommy Yasu was there was because Gabriel was thought of as a little bit of a weak link. I don't think that at all. I think it was completely tactical to deal with not just Salah, but the fact that Liverpool were going with four top-class attackers in Nunez who played very much on that right-hand side. And when Diaz wasn't getting any joy against White and Saliba, which is a credit to them, he created the goal for Nunez by moving to that right-hand side, you know, and it was a really mm-hmm. good bit of play that Gabriel, again, I I struggle with the Gabriel criticism with the Liverpool goal because I know he touches it on, but he is, you know, he's stretching, he's up with the line of the rest of the Arsenal players. You don't want him to be playing everybody onside. And if he doesn't get that touch, you know, I think it probably would be offside because Nunez would receive it rather than Diaz. He's just instinctually trying to defend. It's just unlucky in that situation. But yeah, Tommy Asu wasn't there to protect Gabriel. He was there to to help support the back line and deal tactically with what Salah was doing. Right. Lynn Simpson. Uh, we love Lynn. She's a chat box and a squaddy. Uh, Gabby is great, but do you think that he could be trying too hard sometimes and doesn't want to let the team down or Arteta and could be lead- this could be leading to the errors? Trying too hard? I don't know what that means. I'll be very, I don't know what trying too hard really looks like. I just think he's, I think his style of play uh, is always going to potentially lead to an error here and there because he's all in and he's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I don't think he's trying too hard. I just think it's how he plays. That's just who he is. Um, You know? Uh, love this. Can we have a joint tactical analysis show at some point? Yeah, if Tom comes on it, because he's the master at that. Um, I certainly am I learned not. it all from Clive. That's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, well, get the two of you on. How about that? That would be amazing. I'll just sit back, make tea and eat scones. That would be wonderful. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, Shampar says, we as a fan base are so used to pointing fingers during our dire decade. So clearly that habit hasn't left us. Um, also, the other thing a lot of them are saying uh, is the captain, and uh, Rancid is reinforcing that. Remember the captain discussion? There were a lot of people who wanted Gabriel as captain. This is so true, Tom. I mean, mm-hmm. It wasn't too long ago, was it, where we were all like, oh, yeah, I could see him as captain. Now, yeah. Tell him. I know, I know. Uh, without throwing my colleague Bailey under the bus, I remember he wrote an article about putting Gabriel as captain and then we did a stream the other day and he called him a liability. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> ah, Minimod says, what do you think about playing a back three, just putting it out there? Uh, again, I'm going to be boring and say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, we're mm-hmm. top of the league playing what we're playing. Let's not change it. We don't need to change it. 
Okay. Um, keep your comments coming and I'll put them up. But I have a question for you that isn't Gabrielle related. Um, Kev's been really curious about kind of your process from, well, I'll just play the question and then you can answer yeah. it for Kev. And sure. some folks in chat um, have asked this as well. Sophie, squaddies, how are you doing? Hope you're well. Hi, Tom. I hope you're well. At ease, got a question. Um, I think it's a make it a two-part question. So I just wanted to talk about, one, the feeling that you've got now as opposed to in previous years. What's it like, you know, having to make content when things weren't going so well? And then now when things are going well, what the difference is, how you feel, etc. And um, the second part is, do you still get the naysayers? Have they, have they, are they still naysaying? Or have they all of a sudden cooled down? Have they admitted that they were wrong or whatever? Very interesting to know. Anyway, up the Arsenal, top of the league. And at ease, Tom, Sophie, and your squaddies. Take good care and have a great show. All the very best. Bye. He's super, Kev. No matter what time of day, it was like, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning in Malaysia. He's working for Stadium Astro, Tom. <laughs> and he, I sent him your article. He read it. He loved it. Oh, and I, I was like, well, the, the last part of that question, I'm thinking, we'll have some naysayers after this article. I'm sure. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, tackle the first part um, on creating content differently. When we missed out on top four, I really struggled with content then. Um, not not, not um, what I was going to talk about, the, the actual process of creating it. I was so low, so low and full of disappointment after we missed out on top four. Not only that, but obviously at the end of the season, if you're writing and talking about football every day, when the season ends... There is a real challenge with content production um, because, you know, you move into pre-season, you move into the season's over, everyone's kind of winding down. And so there's still this kind of pressure to create content. And I love talking about Arsenal. So when that's kind of taken away, uh, that's tough. But combine that with the disappointment at the end of last season, it was really hard, really, really hard. So in comparison to now, it's great. You know, I, I've never been more euphoric, more enthusiastic, more motivated to create stuff, to talk about stuff, to um, continue to do phone-in shows, to get people on the channel that have never been on the channel before, to jump on other channels like yours and talk more about Arsenal. It's a right pain for the missus, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know, I yeah, talking about Arsenal is my life and I love it. Um, and, you know, the last year especially not even the last year the last three months has transformed kind of my world of arsenal you know now going to the games and stuff is crazy so getting that side of things as well you know is, is only dialed things up to 11 um so yeah that's the first part kev um in terms of the second part naysayers yeah they're still there mate <laughs> you know they're still there um not all of them you know some of them have gone i was I, what i usually do is because i'm pretty heavy with my ban hammer i'm sure there's people that are in your chat box that are probably banned from tgt i'm very <laughs> very sensitive with it um I, I you know the reason why is because i'm kind of always at the mindset if someone's not there to build you up and support you and if only if only people are only tuning in to put you down i'm not talking about disagreeing with a point of view that's different i'm talking about people that are just there to undermine you to tell you that you're not good enough to tell you that your content's bad there's no point in having them there you know so i just got rid and if there's anyone that's abusive there's no kind of warning system i just get rid of them you know i'm just mm -hmm. i can't deal with abuse stuff like that but when i was over on the lounge because uh, i do the arsenal lounge with levin shaheen on monday nights um those guys yeah they're great it's a really different dynamic um it's because shaheen's a lot more raw and and mm -hmm. i would describe him as a lot more he's a bit of an antithesis to me um he's, he's very different the way he looks at things there's a different view and naturally that does draw out other you know viewers to the channel and so i get a lot of stick on there um i get called a clown a lot on there you know and it's all part of the fun of it i haven't got any control no ban hammer from my side of things there so it's just grit your teeth and deal with it but yeah they're still there and they'll still tell you that you're wrong and that they want Arteta gone and that they, they hate him. Um, 
I'll be very honest, it's a bit sad. <laughs> it's a bit sad that if that's, you know, imagine like you're top of the league and you're jumping into chat boxes and putting Arteta out. Like, come on, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no, there's there's someone that's really like forever Arteta out. Um, and yeah. yeah. And we we get Tottenham. We've had a, a few Tottenham fans in here. We've got a great Tottenham fan, Ethelston, who's a really, really cool guy, very respectful. And then there's Danny D, who you know is just he he he's had four red cards now and i blocked him yesterday <laughs> oh no uh, does it take four is it four reds that's a weird game of football i'll yeah. tell you what Gennaro gattuso would love your game that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah freedom of speech is important um double o but at the same time it comes with a cost these days mm. and you know it really does um you really have to think i don't like I'm a no filter person, but Tom, I think we both agree that in our world, you know, you, you do have to be careful. I think we're both, and he is, he's honest. Tom's work is like legit. And, you know, Kev says what he feels. I feel safe in our environment to have those conversations with Kev when I come on your show, when I'm on Harry's show, you know, Lee and Dan and, and, and um, Magic Mike and stuff like that. But some people can really misconstrue things. And we've seen what cancel culture can do to people. Yeah. It's not easy. I think when people say, uh, you know, freedom of speech, people don't understand that freedom of speech is not freedom from scrutiny. You know, if you, you can say, you, you're entitled to say, um, not entitled, you're able to say what you want literally anything you want. You're in control of your own voice. You can say any word you like in any combination you like. But certain combinations of words are going to draw scrutiny, rightly, because what you've said is wrong. Um, mm. And so I'm sorry, but the whole example of, yeah, but, you know, freedom of speech, we can say what we like. No, you you can say what you like, but you're also going to face backlash and worthy criticism and scrutiny because of those words. That's, you know, that's how it works. Palmsy here saying, I think Tom banned me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> to be, what I will say is, is that if, if people are banned like, and people get banned, it's not, it's not a forever thing. I've had people I've banned DM me on Twitter or Instagram be like, look, what I said, you know, I, was, I did it in kind of the heat of the moment. I'm sorry or whatever. Can you unban this account? And I've done it straight away. You know, I've, I've unbanned it straight away because I'm all about second chances all the time. So if you are banned on TGT, Drop me a DM <laughs> and I'll probably unban you straight away. You're so, our yeah. podcasting YouTube world. You're our Mikel Arteta. You, yeah. you, you know, Second if chances. Saliba can if Saliba could be sent away and he earned his, his he earned the respect back and came yeah. back and he's a superstar. So there's hope for you if you get banned from Tom's show. Tom, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. I know you've got to run. Um and Newman, you're right. One day I will ban you. Um, you know, he's <laughs> had the odd red far. he's had the odd yeah. red card here and there. Just in summary, before you go, mm. just tell us what are you hoping comes from the article that you've written today? Just, I just, I think an appreciation for the good things that Gabrielle does do, um, and maybe that the next time someone who reads that article watches a game, that they look out more for the positive things that Gabrielle's doing, um, and that maybe if they see him make a mistake look at what happens after the mistake look what happens in the next 30 minutes after if a mistake happens hopefully a mistake won't happen but as you know richard says there we all make mistakes so probably one will happen but just watch out for what happens after the mistake you know just watch out what happens for those 30 minutes after that takes place um that's what i want from it really yeah all right awesome uh you can and we'll put the article up again uh, before we close the show out in a few minutes, Tom's got to run. Tom, let everyone know what's coming up on your show this week or what they should be looking out for. I've got all your mm. handles here. Uh, and of course, you can check Tom's workout on Football London and his recent article too. What's exciting in your world? Well, if you ever wake up at 8 a.m. in the morning and you're struggling for Arsenal content, I can guarantee you that at 8 a.m. UK time, there's a live stream over on Laguna Talk. So uh, <laughs> you can go over there. Uh, I'm going to be at the training ground tomorrow at London Colney for the open Lovely. training session. Um, so any news that pops out of that, you can find that over on football.london. We'll be across everything. Um, so, yeah, and I'm going to the Leeds game on Sunday as well. Uh, so Beautiful. that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, well, we're loving following your journey and seeing you in the press box and keep up Thank the fantastic you. work. Thanks so much for jumping on real quick. I really wanted to have a chat with you about this today and you made it happen. And I know you're a very busy fella, so 
Thank you, Tom, and we'll chat soon. Absolutely. Pleasure. See you later, squaddies. Have a good one. See you later. Ease. Okay, that's Tom Canton joining us. Uh, check out his article, which I put up somewhere at the top of the show, and I will find it for you guys. Again, it's also going to be in the description. Okay, so before you go, don't leave. I wanted to uh, share something with you. I promised that um, I would. As you know, um, we have partnered up with Zenith Coins, and we are um, you know, so proud to do that because they're the official licensed partner of our beloved Arsenal Football Club. Um, this coin that they've created, uh, you can go, and the link will be in the description as well. If you go to their site and you buy one for you or a friend, uh, you get a discount, 25% uh, off using code HS20. Well, a while ago, I said to you that the Highbury squad this holiday season is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. And thank you, Newman. You just got back into my um, my good books. Uh, sweet dreams, don't go. Uh, and, and, you know, we've been working with them on something exclusive for the Highbury squad. And here it is. It's an official Highbury squad coin, and it's gold-plated. It's uh, signed by myself and Super Kev. It is something we are so proud of. It's so beautiful. And over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas, we're going to be giving these away to special people who do wonderful things. And uh, thank you, Newman. Uh, yes, it is really awesome. And, you know, we love it. And we're really thankful to the guys over at Zenith who've made this possible. The velvet inside the box is also signed by myself and has our signatures on it. Um, the fact that I'm part of this with the legend that is Super Kevin Campbell is absolutely unbelievable. This is going to be the first of a few exclusives that we do. Um, and we're going to be gifting these to special squaddies, to you guys who do special things. If there's something going on in your world that you want us to know about, um, we're going to be giving these away during the holiday season. They're so collectible. There's literally just a handful that have been produced. And thanks to our friends over at Zenith for making this magic happen. Uh, it's just really a treat. And it's a beautiful, beautiful coin. And we're really super proud of the collaboration. And we cannot wait to get it into the hands of some of our special listeners. Looks really nice. <laughs> I can't afford the box right now. You're lucky, V-Dub because we're going to give them away. And there really is only one KC, and none of this would be happening um, if it wasn't for uh, KC, Zenith, and, and our collaboration. It's really just wonderful. It is awesome, Dan. It is gorgeous, Stephen. I feel like maybe we get, you know, dovetail it with another piece of merchandise. I've got to call you, Stephen. There's so much we need to do before the holidays. Um, it <laughs> doesn't look like you're getting one, Newman. You've got to be good. Remember, there's the naughty and nice list. And we're going to be doing the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 days of Highbury Squad Christmas. And we're going to be giving these puppies away. There will be gold. Hey, we already have a gold Premier League trophy. So why not have a gold coin courtesy of Zenith Coins and the Highbury Squad? Uh, it is awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Tom. It's uh, it's something that we really love and we're proud of. And Tom actually has uh, a Zenith coin that was gifted to him by Super Kevin Campbell. Um, Harry has one, Lee has one, Dan has one, I have one uh, for the Arsenal coin. They're all hand-numbered, serial number individually. You've got the certificate of authenticity. You've got the sexy box. You've got the whole shebang. You can find this coin right now on their site. The link is going to be in the description of the show as well. So... Watch out because you know what? You guys are going to want one of these puppies and me and Super Kev are going to be giving them away. Kev's going to be the advisory board, by the way. Um, so you better behave, Newman. Um, Lynn has one and Lynn will share her picture. Lynn, send us a picture of you with your coin so I can show it on the show this week. You better get on the nice list 100% right. I know you are. I'm the problem. <laughs> it's too busy, uh, but we'll make it happen, Stephen. Uh, King Arthur is already knighted, so he doesn't need a coin. Oh, you need this one. Uh, pair it with a puppy and we're sold, Richard. Thank you so much. Good luck. So look, uh, my address will be in your inbox. Lovely. 
Super Kevin Campbell joining the show right here at the end. It is wonderful, isn't it, Kev? It looks so good. So, so good. Um, Jacob thinks he's getting one, Super Kev. Uh, you'll be hearing from Kev on this as well during the week. Um, thank you, Rich. Uh, we like to partner with really good people when we sit at the table and we're looking to our left and right on the Highbury squad. We ask ourselves, who's our fork? Who's our spoon? And, you know, what we feel very nourished um, in our relationship with the Zenith Coins guys. So thanks to Andrew and Richard and Jason and the entire team over there for making all of this possible. We will give away our first coin when Super Kev is back live on the show. And please don't forget to go to zenithcoins.com and buy your Arsenal coin for your mates. Trust me, it is going to be, it's an amazing gift. In fact, let me just put that here because here's mine. Don't forget, when just think it's Christmas. It's like the Tiffany box, right? So you're under the tree and you unwrap it and you're like, holy cow, it's the Arsenal logo. Aye, aye, what's this? <gasps> what? Here's my box. You open it up. Bada bing, bada boom. You've got your beautiful coin in there. You've got your certificate of authenticity. You've even got a little velvet thing so you can keep it real clean and it makes that noise too Wah! pretty woman style uh so yeah thanks for staying tuned in to listen to that and we'll be talking about it a lot more as uh the weeks go on it's beginning to look a lot like christmas and what better place to hang out than the hybrid squad itself and everyone this is funny big super kev in the chat start the brown nosing now everybody <laughs> now look uh, newman's giving you a 10 Kevin, so you should be really, really worried. It really is. I took this to the Arsenal Los Angeles group when I went to the North London Derby, and they lost their minds when they saw it. Um, we gave one away there that night too, and it's uh, it really is quite amazing. Forgive the nails because I was doing some gardening yesterday. But yeah, me likey, uh, says V-Dub. You likey, everyone likey. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. All right, what a great show we've had tonight. Super Kev, you should go get some sleep. He's probably working on Champions League um, as we speak in studio for Studio Astro, Stadium Astro. If you're in Malaysia or if you're in um, the Asia market and you are watching Premier League or Champions League, you will be seeing Super Kev on your TV. Uh, and they are awesome. So thanks so much, you guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you for all your kind words. Uh, the show doesn't exist without you. And what Kevin and I wanted to do was find the partner where we could create something special, everlasting, that becomes a legacy piece um, for the show. Our show has always been about our community. Our show's always been about people. Some of the notes that we get from you guys, you know, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, we love to have them and we love that we're part of your lives and that you are part of ours. Look, our, our club has connected us on a whole other community level and to have uh, all of you from all corners of the earth part of our day and the fact that you choose to make the Highbury squad part of your day means the world to us. And yes, CM, great show. Let's get behind Gabrielle. Let's support the guy. Let's support um, our partners at Zenith too. Um, and we'll be giving you some pointers as the weeks go on. And look, this is a really great gift, 25% off and you will make a fellow Guna happy. Ah, that is all I have. It is, Lynn. It's like a small family, and when we get together publicly and we do our Q&As and our live events too, you really, really feel that. And so, you know, I could sit here forever talking about you guys. I just adore each and every one of you, even Newman. Um, and I love Rich uh, from Turkey, always comes. I mean, it's like Turkey, Nigeria, Liberia, Australia. You guys know it from all corners of the earth. You're just absolutely brilliant. Like the button. Hit the like button. Kev's watching. Look, no matter where in the world he might be, Super Kev is watching. Exactly. We're going to build. Um, we're actually in the process of also putting together a hybrid squad app. And that's going to connect us too, even more so with our community. So keep your eyes and ears peeled out for that. As Kev said, we want photos of you with the coins. We're going to be, build a massive mural. This is a project that we hope is years in the making, that we carry on down this road together and that we continue um, talking football about our beautiful club. Uh, one love. I love this channel. 
and we love you guys too. I'll be back live tomorrow. I'm sure you'll be hearing from Super Kev as well. Um, and look out for our community page news on YouTube and also our Twitter account. Thank you so much to Tom for coming on and sharing his wisdom with us and also his wonderful work that he does for Football London and on the Guna Talk TV too. Thank you, Zenith, for making um, us, uh, making our day. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. We're really proud of it. We're so, so happy, and we cannot wait to start giving this puppy away to the squaddies. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a good, good holiday season, even though life is tough out there. As long as we stick together, you know what? We might just be okay. I'll see you tomorrow night live with Demian, one of your favorites. And as I said, you'll be hearing from Super Kev too. Take care. Have a good night. Love you. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. The code is HS20. I had to jump back in because a whole bunch of you are asking about it. HS20 is the code. Okay, so now the show will officially be over. The Highbury Squad is powered by Zenith Coins. Support the future, treasure the past. Official license partner of the Arsenal Football Club. Follow at Zenith Coins across all social platforms.